Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
So I left after having dinner with a buddy of mine, get into the Uber, and he's like, dude, three strippers just got out with what I think was their pimp. Okay. I'm like, okay. So it was all kind of glitter <laughs> and, and, and it was like a, uh, it, well, not a, it was like a half-drank bottle of water and like an empty bottle oh. of Bud Light and, and the seat in front of me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, I, I guess. And then a phone starts ringing and apparently one of the strippers left her phone. So oh, she was boy. trying to call her phone to get her phone <laughs> while I'm in the ride, and he's trying not to answer the phone, but he knows she wants her phone. And, yeah, it was just a whole mess about her trying to contact him, man. And Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Strippers and Uber. That is That should be a damn sitcom. Strippers and Uber. <laughs> that should be a documentary or some shit. That is hilarious. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry you had to go through that experience. I know it's a little traumatic for you, but no, it was entertaining. I just that, that, that's, that's, I just <laughs> I just didn't want it to take away from our conversation because it was a little distracting, you know. So it, 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 yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, so I had to apologize about that. No oh. worries. Just think when you just when you think you. <laughs> There you go. Uh, <laughs> just, I that, swear, that, man, you can't make this stuff up. You surely can. That's again. That should be a sitcom: strippers and Uber. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's, let's take away from that the Cleveland Cavaliers trade. How about this, man? Remember last say that there's no. I think I was the one who said it. You may have agreed with me. I think that there was no way in the hell that Cleveland could pull up a trade because any any conversation about the Brooklyn Nets pick would be a non-starter. So much mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> because the shit out of there, tiny ass out of town. Uh, and for, for, for uh, Jordan Clarkson and um, Larry Nance Jr., which made the Cavs younger and more athletic, but they weren't except for that. I mean, they acquired Rodney Hood and George Hill on the freeway deal with Utah Jazz and Sacramento Kings. Then they mind shepherd his hot top fade and the 2022nd round pick near the Miami Heat to the Kings in the deal. And, 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 and in that particular deal, Jake Crowder and Derek Rose went, went from Cleveland to Utah. And now Derek Rose yeah. got just negotiated a buyout. Now I know who's going to pick up his ass and he still wants to play ball. But how about that? They didn't have to give up the Brooklyn pick, and they got younger and a lot better, especially when it comes to chemistry. Did you see him play the last two games? Boston and OKC on the road? I saw parts of the Boston game and Mm -hmm. was highly impressed by how big of a lead that they had in that game to a point where I couldn't think anymore. I said, man, I can't watch anymore. This is this is unbelievable. They they look like they like each other. But it was just weird because the trade deadline was, was last Thursday, right? And the game right. I'm talking to you when they were playing against Minnesota, actually the game was being played while I was speaking with you. Um, the funny thing is one of the funniest sports memes of the year came out because of it, or, or gifts, if you will, 
when LeBron hits the game-winning shot and starts celebrating with everyone but Isaiah Thomas. And he's standing there exactly. next to LeBron with his hands up, and it's like he's chest bumping everybody who's safe and staying in Cleveland. I'm like, dude, who are these dudes? He's chest bumping. I don't even know these dudes. But, yeah, those are the guys that were saying. And sure enough, Isaiah was shipped out the next day. But they, they looked impressive with this team. And, and, and LeBron has done just what he's done before in, in his original trek back to Cleveland, which was wanting that team or going to a team that was a little mm-hmm. bit younger than what he had before. You know, the, the, the Cavs with their original iteration when he first came to Cleveland was a lot younger than what he had in Miami. Three years later, this iteration is a little bit younger and a lot more athletic than what he had when he first came to Cleveland. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team does over the next couple of months and in the playoffs. It's just amazing. I I saw most of the Boston games. I saw about half of the OKC games. They look Mm -hmm. so different. They be the Cavaliers score. They look so different. They actually talk to each other. They look <laughs> step. I mean, it, it's you know the people cheering for us on the bench. I mean, it's amazing that in the process of loading lots of dead weight, they've gained. They became younger, more athletic, more defensive minded, mm-hmm. and and they finally had some depth. The most important thing in the NBA, and most yes. important right now, is depth. How deep you are. Cleveland is now deeper, younger, and more athletic, and they still have Brooklyn's lot of these picks. Still yes. have the pick. And the players they acquired, they're still they'll be, they'll be under contract for at least the next couple of years. They they do. I mean, they should give the GM, the general manager, that young brother, they should give us that mm-hmm. raise quick, fast, and hurry, pulling that off without having to part with their lottery pick. That, that, that's just amazing to me. And, and, and again, watching them play, both Boston and OKC, both on the road, and I know Boston's struggling a little bit, but still, they shut down the Celtics, and they beat OKC at their own game. It's just yeah. amazing. It's just, it's just amazing to see. It's a class. It's a classic addition by subtraction. I can't even put it into words. Chemistry is so underrated, and mm-hmm. right now, Cleveland's chemistry almost instantly be upgraded. Shipping Isaiah Thomas's whiny little ass out of town, and there's other dead weight. You know, if, if I mean, who knows if Derrick Rose wants to play ball anymore, and and, and even Dwayne Wade, who I love a lot, he mm-hmm. sent the bat to Miami, and it seems like Miami's doing a, lot, a little bit better, even though they're losing tonight. But still, they're still a playoff team. It's, it's, just a, it's amazing that Cleveland's able to pull this off. Who knows? Maybe LeBron James will bring his ass back next year. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's going to be interesting to see because, of course, the team in which Cleveland had the the biggest part of the the, the the deal with doing the trade deadline, the LA Lakers, Shaw made a big push right. to attempt to bring him out west with the moves that they made. Now, as much as, as, as you're elated about what happened in Cleveland, there are a lot of people who are happy mm-hmm. about what happened in LA 
because of the deals they made, being able to get, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas over whose uh, contract actually has a team option at the end of the year. Then you have the inspiring Dick contract. Allen. Well, actually, what's that? You have that, um, that, that they got rid of that huge contract of, uh, was it was Clarkson the one that had the, yeah, Clarkson had the huge contract. And then Channing yeah. Fry, I think his contract ends as well. But the, yeah. the one piece that L.A. wanted to get rid of that they didn't, Laurel Dang cutting him at the end of the year. They they wanted, you know, some sort of asset for him, but they'll just end up cutting him anyway. But they have enough cap space for two max contracts. The thing is, of course, mm-hmm. everyone's saying it's going to be potentially LeBron and Paul George. My thing is, what right. happens if neither one of them goes out there? Then what do the Lakers do? Right. Or what about Kawhi Leonard? Would they land Kawhi Leonard? Or I, I, I forget who else is going to be a free agent this summer. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the irony of this deal, or the deal that L.A. made with Cleveland, was it potentially would free up more salary cap space to land a, a LeBron next year. Mm-hmm. Or Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But, yeah. yeah, L.A. is all in on the free agency of the summer. They're, they're not – obviously, they're not waiting. They, they're not waiting. And if, if Magic Johnson does – if he fails to land a prominent free agent, this would be a huge colossal failure in epic proportions. Because while they have a young, nice young, young, young nucleus in um, – and and Brandon Ingram, who's now playing the point in Laval in Lonzo Ball's absence, and is killing it. I mean, I mean, Brandon Ingram is killing from he's killing from the point. And they have a nice young nucleus. I mean, they I mean, Cal Kuzma, he's balling out. No one thought that he would be balling out like this. Um, exactly. Of course, in and uh, uh, from Kentucky, um, yeah, it just slips my mind. But at any rate, him too. Uh, I mean, I mean, they're all balling out, and you know Isaiah Thomas. Who knows? I mean, it, it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a good risk for LA in the sense that if if, if Thomas is a locker room lawyer, they can ship his ass out of town. Comes come this summer. That, that we all know they're mm-hmm. not making the playoffs. So Thomas, this is Thomas' opportunity to 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 give teams the idea that hey, you can bet back the Brinks truck up, but. Dude, how how far? Speaking of Isaiah Thomas, though, how far has he fallen? I mean, you oh. know what they're saying: life comes at you fast. I mean, it just came at him so fast it ran his ass over, upwards and backwards. He <laughs> went from a twenty-nine point per game guy, fifth, finishing fifth in the All Star, I mean, not All Star, but in the MVP balloting, while a member of the Boston Celtics, to being traded mm-hmm. in the off season to possibly, you know. To be traded, this again, this season was bad attitude, and now he's looking at the possibility of playing for the mid-level exception. That's he just lost himself a lot of money, and I a feel lot bad of money. For him in, the, in, in the sense that he worked so hard to get to this point. I mean, hell, if you're five nine, you have to have a chip on your shoulder to play in the NBA. But mm-hmm. the thing is, the teams are starting to see what he is. He's a five foot nine guy. He ain't growing anytime soon. Who's a streaky shooter, streaky scorer, who can't play a mm-hmm. defense, and who is limited by that, still limited by by a hip injury, which take, was taking was taking away a lot of his quickness. 
No team, not any team is going to want to pay top dollar for that. No, they're not. And it just happened to be that the Celtics had him in a situation that basically, you know, concealed a lot of his deficiencies. You say that, you know, the fact that he was 5'9", you know, a lot of the games that I watched him play and, of course, were against my Wizards. And it just happened to be very interesting that a lot of times playing against him, no one would back him down. And I'm like, dude, he's 5'9", you got a mouse in the house. Why is no one posting him up? It's because of the defense right. that the rest of the team was capable of playing. Now, my, my thought process is this when you talk about uh, Isaiah Thomas and his complaining. My thought process is he was probably doing that in Boston. It just happened to be that yeah. they allowed it because he was who he was. You ship that over to LeBron, who probably don't play that and can't have anybody complaining at him, and now it becomes a problem. Yeah. You know, I don't right. think he was necessarily a, a problem. It just happened to be that what he was or what he is as a player just doesn't mesh well to who LeBron is as a player and leader in that clubhouse, which is his, and he he had to go. He just became a casualty in that situation. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, look, I mean, look, I, 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 I'm sympathetic a little bit towards Isaiah Thompson. I mean, for one, what I've read, what I've seen, he's actually a good guy off the court. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. do like him. LeBron James is said to like him a lot off the off the court. That people teams have a hard time have a hard time playing with him, and the fact that he did so well in Boston and that Boston went so, so far with him, it's, it actually speaks to the brilliance of Brad Stevens to actually have him. As a centerpiece of his offense, and yet he, he being Brad Stevens, just built around Isaiah Thomas and say, "Hey, look, Isaiah, you go do your thing. We're gonna get you some shooters and defenders around you to, you know, make up for your make up for your deficiencies." And they did that. It's just that Danny Ainge, the GM in Boston, really realized that they could only go so far with, a, with your, you know, if your best player is five nine. And can't play mm-hmm. defense, so they, exactly. that's why they made the surprising move for Kyrie Irving. And from there, I mean, it, it didn't help that Isaiah Thomas wasn't healthy. That, 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 that is injured. That his excuse me, his hip was so injured that he still is not really 100. percent And now, I mean, we've been saying this cost him a lot of money because teams don't want to pay top dollar again, top dollar for a dude with an injured hip who's five nine and can't play look at defense. Yeah, no, 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 it's no way. So we're looking seriously. He's looking at the mid mid level exception right now, unless he mm-hmm. can really prove through through this Lakers team throughout the rest of the season. He has to, he has like what March, April. He has two and a half more months to prove that you can pay more than a mid level exception for him. Yeah, and he has to work it out for him. I don't see it happening. It's too bad for him, but I, I don't see it happening. But, you know, two interesting things about this entire situation. Who knew that Kevin Love would be the Kelly Rowland in this situation? Throughout this whole Destiny's <laughs> Child, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and all of the That's members changing on this team, he was the one yeah. that everyone talked about and thought would leave, and he's still there. He's still there. So there were so many threats about him being traded, 
and being let go. Yes. But he's the survivor, pardon the pun again, but also with the, the team that we talked about just now, Boston, you know, they didn't necessarily yeah. make a move in terms of sending guys out, but they made an addition in Greg Monroe, who I was hoping would come to D.C., and once again, Boston mm-hmm. burns me again with the big man addition. And first, you know, it's Al Hoffer who was really looking to come to D.C., but with the Boston. And now Greg Monroe, who mm-hmm. I thought would come back to the D.C. area, you know, the Georgetown alum, once again, right. burned my, my Wizards to go to, uh, to Boston. And all they had to do was just pick him up as a, as a, as a free agent. You know, they didn't have to give up any assets at all. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, uh, blends with what is currently there and whether or not they can compete with that addition, not just in the East, but with the likes of mm-hmm. Houston and, and Golden State. Right. Right. And that's the thing. I mean – it's so funny. I feel almost feel bad for Boston and Toronto because as of this time last week, Boston mm-hmm. and Toronto were both better than Cleveland. There was, yeah. I figured there was no way in the hell that the Cleveland could overcome Boston and even Toronto in the seven-game series. They were in disarray. And sure, they would have flipped the switch, quote-unquote, or whatever, but that was a team in disarray and bad chemistry. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a stark contrast of what's going on in Boston and Toronto. Now look at it. After the trade, you know Boston and Toronto were like cussing under their best. Like, yeah, damn it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know? Like, That's exactly what Danny Ainge was doing. I mean, you know he was cussing. You know he was cussing. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with that brother GM in, in, in uh, Toronto who's hilarious as hell. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, we like, yeah. like, like, remember that Paul Pierce quote? No one gives a sheet about it. Um, you know, <laughs> you know he's mad too. You know he he's mad too. I mean, I mean, look, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you you just gotta if you're Boston Toronto, you have to throw your hands up at this point because it's like how we can't kill these guys with 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 LeBron still in the fall. I mean, I mean again, this this set up so this season was setting up so well for teams. Boston and Toronto because they dominated Cleveland at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And they they had the figure, they had the figure up to the trade. We got these caps, we're better than these caps. Uh, and now this happened. And then what what better way for Cleveland to flex the new muscle and to show off the new swag than going to Boston on national television and blowing them out of their own building? That's yeah. that's just. That has to be disheartening if you're a Celtic and, and Raptors fan. It really has to be. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because, I mean, on paper, if you look at them, you know, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance yeah. Jr., you know, you're like, eh, they're not all-stars, but they're young, they're talented, very they're athletic, hungry. they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And they're playing behind the guy that they've idolized growing up in LeBron James. Yes. So they're going to listen. So that's where the main thing, yes, like, exactly like you said right. before. Exactly right. There's, there is not, you know, there's, there's so much that can be said about team chemistry and the fact that these guys are going to be willing to fall in behind LeBron James' lead and, 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 and follow him to the playoffs. 
Now, the thing is, I want to see if these young guys who haven't had the opportunity to really perform in the playoffs, with the Texas will make me Rodney Hood, um, to see mm-hmm. how, they, how they react to playoff ball. Because the one thing that Cleveland, which was an Achilles heel for Cleveland, was their inability right. to make shots throughout the playoffs. And I want to see if these guys can, can if they can go ahead and shoot at least 40 to 45% from the, from the, from the field, this team might mm-hmm. be dangerous. They're, they're not going to beat you in terms of pure talent, but they're going to beat you on, on their ability to, to, to play ball and, and, and their enthusiasm. George Hill will help with that. George Hill has been there, done that. He's playing That's right. I forgot about George Hill. Yes. Doing his debate the Indiana Pacers. He knows what it's uh-huh. And He's also one who's more than willing to defer to LeBron because he, they're both vets. And yeah. George Hill, from what I understand, is a very good team guy. He's going to help those young guys out. There's no question about that. So that's why, again, this chemistry is so important. It's so underrated. It's so underrated in sports. And mm-hmm. the fact that you have a veteran who's willing to take a back seat and be Robin and who's also willing, along with LeBron, to help mentor these young guys that they just got who are hungry and want to prove mm-hmm. the work and who's, to your point, looked to up, all looked up to LeBron. I mean, can you imagine being one of those young guys, get the chance to play with the best player in the world, <laughs> and then compete for a title, for a chance to, to compete for a for a title on top of that, yeah, that's that's just bully for them. I mean, it's just y'all. Cleveland just did it again, and just when you, this one went through dirt upon dirt upon dirt on, on Cleveland last week, they do this, and now <laughs> hell, they're the best team in the East again. I mean, <laughs> I know what the records are, and I know what Bill Parcell said to the best. You are what, what your record is. Those guys are energized. They, they're, they're the team that's yes. in the East right now. And to your point, they're top three in the NBA right now easily. And you know what? I could, I would actually, I would actually put them up there with Houston, with, with Houston as to, to mm. compete with the number two spot behind Golden State. I really could. Mm. I really could. But having said that, Golden State's still the team to beat. No, I'm not saying, and I know you're not saying this either, that Cleveland can beat Golden State, but they can compete with them now. I think they got the young legs to run with them. Yeah. Play D on them. That's a, and that that's was, a huge step from where they were at last week. Yes, and, and that was one of the issues, part of the issue with them last year was their inability to play stretch defense against them. And once again, their inability to make buckets. And you have George Hill mm-hmm. come from a situation when he was in Indiana who understands how rare these chances are. And knowing right. knowing that he's about to get into it again, he'll relish it and he'll play like he relishes it because he's just coming from Sacramento after being in, the, in that ship that once was Indiana that was on the high note competing against Cleveland and LeBron James and Miami and LeBron to fall down, then get traded and sent out to Sacramento and, and, and just missing playoff basketball. So you get that re-energized situation. But it's going to be interesting, too, with, with Houston because they made two great additions in picking up uh, Brendan Wright and Joe Johnson. Now, I understand that they're not what they once were, but they can be a, a great rotational pieces and additional scores, especially in the, in, the, in, the, in the sake of 
Joe Johnson that may be that extra push for them to really, really compete against uh, Golden State. I know last night when I looked, they were about, what, a game behind G State in, in, in the, for the number yeah. one seed? Yep, so, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, one game behind, yeah. So it's a possibility that those additions may be that, 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 that veteran help might be that thing to really bolster them, excuse me, against Golden State. Well, this, this playoff should be fun. It should be really fun now. Uh, we ain't seeing what's going to go for, but cool to Cleveland. But we touched on the Lakers a bit in the first segment, so which leads us to one loudmouth named LaVar Ball. Look, <sighs> I know dude is hustling. I know his mouth is making him a little bit of cash in Lithuania. Yeah. But he has to stop. I mean, for him to say that to 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 basically oh, issue ultimatum. Actually, he did issue an ultimatum to Magic Johnson, the Lakers, saying, "If you want to re-sign Lonzo, you have to sign Jello and Mello." Get the hell out of here with that crap, man. Get. I mean, the fact that he said this now. While the LA Lakers have been on the road without Lonzo due to injury, who's out due to injury? Yeah, I mean, I mean, doesn't Lavar realize he has well a couple of days? First of all, he has like little to no leverage because all Magic Johnson <laughs> has to do is come around and say, "Okay, if you can run your mouth. We're going to trade his ass." Exactly. And that way, that way you won't, you won't have you won't have control of the narrative. And, and and it's going to be on you. And second, and second, he's writing as, as I said before, and what many people in the media have said, the bar is writing his big mouth is writing checks that his son has to cash. The reason mm-hmm. why anyone knows about Lavar Ball's ass is because of Lonzo. Lonzo is a very he's a very talented player, but. I have a fear. I, I'm worried for Lonzo because if Lonzo turns out to be a just a solid pro, I know you, I, I know I'm saying just a solid pro, but if he turns out to be a solid pro, that's not going to be worth putting up the headache that is Lavar Ball. And, not and, at all. And, and speaking of headaches, you think those free agents, namely LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, is going to come in and have to deal with Lavar, possibly deal with him mm-hmm. in his mouth? Nope. You really think they're going to want to deal with them? Because you know LeVar's going to, especially if he lands one of those superstars, he's going to run his mouth. He's going to be like, yeah. oh, Lonzo's better than him. He should get the ball more than LeVar. Do you really think those guys are that? So that further hurts the Laker brand. The Lakers are, the, are one of the most, the premier franchises in the NBA, if not all of sports. Mm-hmm. They don't have to put up with that nonsense. And this is what this is what should happen. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen like this, but this is what should happen. What should happen is that Lonzo, he should buck up, not disrespect him, but say, "Look, man, you got to chill the hell out with this." I mean, because you were on the verge of ruining what was a childhood dream of mine to play with the hometown Lakers, to learn uh-huh. from Johnson, to possibly play with great free agents and learn from them. You're about to. You about to mess that up. You really about to fuck that up for me. Please 
I love you, Dad, but you got to shut the hell up. <laughs> that's what he has to say. Probably exactly. nice to that, but that's what you have to say. And knowing, seeing what, how LeVar has been behaving, he's going to give him come back with reasons why he should be involved. And at that point, Lonzo just had to say, look, I love you, but, but, uh, but you got to go. I mean, seriously, he has to do that. Hopefully it'll be temporarily. You hate to see any type of schism between parent and child, let alone father and exactly. son like that. Uh-huh. But, but I've seen, I've seen it in the youth sports. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, messing, he's, messing, he's about to mess up his dream. He's about to really and, – and you we've seen this. We see this in youth sports a lot, right? The overbearing mm-hmm. parent ruining a good thing for their child. Even yeah. before the career possibly takes the, his, his or her career possibly takes off, we've seen it happen many times before. Which is why you have what you call little league parents or helicopter parents. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 what should that's what should happen, but I don't think that's going to happen because I think Lonzo is a little meek. So which mm. means that it falls on Magic Johnson. I think Magic Johnson he doesn't have to go and make it public. He's either pull of order to the side or call him on the phone where he's in, Lu- in Lithuania doing whatever the hell he's doing and say, look, bro, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm training your son. Click and hang up the phone. That's all. That's what, that's what needs to be done. That's all that needs to be done. But you know what? I, I, I think that yeah. would backfire. But, but, but to your original point, you say that you're worried about uh, Lonzo. I need Lonzo to start becoming worried about Lonzo. I really need him exactly. to be concerned about his future and, and what his father's meddling would do to him in his career. Now, even in that situation, I would expect LeVar to go and publicly come out and say, Magic threatened to trade my boy because he don't like me. Then I'll trade him. He hates me because he ain't me. And, and, and there you go. And, and, and you know what? That's the only way that you handle that situation is to go ahead and, and follow through with your threats. But, yeah, I am completely shocked that Magic and the rest of that Laker front office has not pulled the ball to the side and, and, and had a, 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 a true heart-to-heart with this dude and said, hey, your antics can ruin everything that happens with this organization. Because what happens if no big free agent signs with that organization? Trust me, I've seen it here in D.C. Will the Wizards clear cap space for KD to come, sign his old coach, went ahead and brought his AAU coach in as part of the staff and cleared the way for, for KD to come home only for it not to work? I've seen this, this movie right. before, L.A. Please, somebody needs to go ahead and tell this dude to shut up. Because if it happens, he is going to become one of the scapegoats in this situation on why no one wants to come to L.A. Yep. And look, again, remember that sit-down that Magic had with them and Rob Palenka, the GM, had with them? And Lonzo, not Lonzo, but and then LeVar said, oh, it was good talk, but basically alluded to the fact that he's still going to be him. So basically, he totally exactly. disregarded what Magic of them asked. So, and he's still doing so. So that's why I'm like, look, 
someone, someone on 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 undisputed on FS1, like said what said that he would fight fire and fire if he was Bill Walton, not Bill Walton, but mm-hmm. Luke Walton. Luke Walton is so far above that. He, I'm, I'm sure Luke Walton wants to say something to him. I'm sure he wants to cuss him out, but he can't because that would validate everything what LeVar is saying, and that would give him mm-hmm. more power. So he can't do that. So it's on, that's why it's on Magic Johnson, and really it should be on, on Lonzo himself to check this dude. Yeah. He, he should check this old man and say, look, I love you, but you got to shut the hell up with this. You ruin this. You're about to ruin something a good thing for me, and and and, and potentially us collectively because let's face it, no one know who Le, who Lavar Ball is if it weren't for Lonzo. Because look, I've seen Jello play, and unless his <laughs> younger brother Mello is a big deal, they're nothing like Lonzo. Lonzo is once in a generation type player with once in a generation type talent. I mean, that's the only reason why we know who LeVar Ball is. So, if he's smart, I mean, hell, I mean, he's hustling right now, so I know he has a little bit of smarts, but if he's smart, he's, hopefully he will back away if his son says something and says, look, I can't make much money in Milwaukee or Sacramento or, or Charlotte as I would in L.A. with the big baller brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that so that's why I'm like, if I'm Magic Johnson, because, you know, again, I don't think Lonzo will say that. I think Lonzo is weak. I think he's afraid of his dad. So even as a grown-ass man who's a, who has a baby on the way, I think I think he's afraid of him. Which, which again, this is why this is false, false on Magic Johnson. Call him up. Yeah. Don't make it public. Don't make it a big deal. And say, look, look, bro, shut the hell up or I'm training your boy. Click. Hang on the phone. Uh, and if he does say something, which you, which I know Matt Johnson hope praying that he is, I'm sure he has trade offers on in the docket already. I know the trade deadline is long past. I mm-hmm. know, I know he has, but next season, I have a feeling if Lonzo, Lonzo if Lavar Ball opens his mouth one more time, this could be the this would be the last season Lonzo's in electric uniform. And and you know, and that's gonna hurt his brand. I mean, I can see. Imagine, I mean, imagine seems seems like a very nice guy, but if he has that dog in him, that same dog in him from his playing days, he's gonna ship Lonzo somewhere, some to some outpost out of spite, because he has again, he has like draft picks that really turned out well for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Kyle Kuzma is balling yes. out. Uh, Julius Randle, who's the guy who I couldn't think of his name earlier from play, who played at Kentucky. Julius Randle's falling out. And Brandon Ingram is killing at the point guard position right now. He's totally killing mm. that point guard. So they're straight. They won't fall off as hard as they would if they didn't, if, 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 if neither Randle, Ingram, or especially Kuzma, if Kuzma didn't, didn't, is not balling as he is now. That's Again, that's 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 magic has all that in his back pocket, and of course, and of course, him being play, him working for the Lakers, that that's also has something to do with his back pocket too. So, look, again, Lavar, your ass is on the clock. 
If you really want to screw things up, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Talk, 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 talk. Keep talking away. You're going to talk your son's way out of L.A. to some outpost, and there's not a damn thing you, you can do about it. Not a thing. Uh, but I will say this. One of the other things that benefited the Lakers was the fact that they actually kept Julius Randle because he was another one of those guys who kept whose name kept coming up in conversation that if they wanted to mm-hmm. free up space or if they wanted to make a move that they were going to have to get mm-hmm. rid of, uh, of, of Julius, and they didn't, and they were capable of keeping him, which also means that they, they can actually sign him back with the amount of money that, they, that they're going to save by, by cutting a, a, a Luol at the end of the year as well. So mm-hmm. kudos mm-hmm. To, to, to Magic and, and, and the GM, God, I forget his name, but kudos to the both of them. Uh, uh, yes, for, for, for the moves that they were capable of making uh, last week. And, and, and keeping talent as well as freeing up space. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where this team goes come summertime uh, around free agency and, and, and who they're capable of picking up or not capable of picking up. Yeah. And, again, this that's why I wrote a blog post about LeVar Ball, like, I guess last year. That's why I'm calling, I'm calling him – I still call him because I think this story is not going to end well for all, all parties involved. The Black Mark Marinovich. That's what Lula Marmar <laughs> is. Yeah. He's the Black Mark Marinovich. And for those of you who don't know who Mark Marinovich is, Google. Google. That's all I got to say. He, you know, you see how the, everything's parallels with him and his son Todd uh, Marinovich. Way, way back in the 80s and early 90s, I think it is. But that's where it's headed, man, because this is what this dude is capable of, this, this dude being LeVar. He potentially is ruining his youngest son's career, his two yeah. younger son's careers. He took, he removed Jello out of UCLA, even though he had a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. And he made his youngest son, Mello, who's more talented, uberly more talented than, the, than Jello is, he made him ineligible for college by putting him on his pro team and buying him a car. You know, you know, you'll buy him him a Ferrari. So and, and oh. also on top of that, he took his son, his younger son, off of Chino Hills because he didn't like what the coach had to say. So that's what this dude is capable of. Don't be surprised if he tries to take Lonzo out of the NBA if he gets traded, if it wouldn't get traded in the offseason. And that's when if Lonzo doesn't then there's, there's just no saving this dude. There's no, no. seventy no seventy young brother. I mean, it, that's why I think this go, don't I wouldn't shock me if if, if who again who wants to control the narrative tries to pull that and try to speak all sorts of crazy crap and 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 in addition to ruining two of his son's careers, which I think he has all but ruined. Yellow and Mellow's chances of turning pro, of being of being in the NBA, you potentially ruin your oldest son, the more talented of the three, chances to make it, and that's and that's not that's 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 terrible, that's just absolutely terrible. Oh, wow. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to find a way to ruin things for Lonzo. 
just because of his pride. I hope not, man, but it, it, it sure looks that way because they're not capable of stopping him now. Who knows if and when they will be. But I will right. say this, with all of his antics, if you haven't seen him and Kevin Hart on Kevin Hart's new show, Coldest Balls, I heard about through, that. Uh, oh, my God, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. The, the show itself is funny. I heard about Because, that. of course, it's Kevin Hart. But right. he, he's, he's done two episodes, one with Blake Griffin, which is also hilarious. And the one with Lonzo Ball is, well, the Ball Ball is, is, is funny, too. Nice. I got to check that out. I got to check, I got to ch- uh, check that out. But that's the only redeeming quality he has because he, he's going to ruin things for his boy. I know it. I just oh. know it. He, he's going to ruin things for Lonzo. That's why Lonzo, <laughs> if he doesn't speak out, it's curtains for, for him in, in, in L.A. and it's possibly curtains for him in the NBA. We'll get you out on this one, man. You've seen the first reveal of the top 16 teams of the NCAA tournament. I mean, they're pretty much taking the page out of, out of the out of the uh, national college the college football playoff committee uh, committee's book in terms of releasing the the top four teams on a weekly basis after week six or whatever the hell they uh, they're doing in the regular season. So they're doing it in college basketball. They started doing it last year, mm-hmm. and they got so much buzz that that they're doing it again. And Hey, I, I can't say I disagree with them. First of all, I mean, you got the top 16 teams as follows. Top 16 seeds as follows, and I'll break this down by region. South region, mm-hmm. top, four teams, top four seeds in order, Virginia, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Tennessee. In the east, you got Villanova, Duke, Texas Tech, Ohio State. Midwest, you got Xavier, Auburn, Clemson. Hey, the football school put being good at basketball in Oklahoma. <laughs> and finally in the West, you have Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina, and Arizona. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's mid-February, and these rankings can change. As a matter of fact, um, didn't Purdue lose since that came out? Yes, they did. They lost twice. So, <laughs> yeah, see, so, you know, we we already got a change there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just interesting because the way that the landscape of college basketball is as of this year, it's, been, it's, a, it's a very interesting year. You know, you, you have a, a year where there isn't necessarily a hugely dominant team even though the, the mm-hmm. likes of uh, 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 Virginia, Cincinnati, and Michigan State have all played great ball this year. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, 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 and Villanova and Xavier as well, they've all played great basketball this year. It's just that no one's been necessarily dominant because these teams have all lost to teams or who, who have struggled against teams who are much lesser than them. And it's a possibility, man, with the way that everybody's been playing throughout the regular season, and we still got a couple of weeks left in that before we, we um, make it to the conference um, uh, tournament to see exactly how that pans out. But it's, it's always interesting, of course, when you go ahead and start releasing these brackets now 
because you get somewhat of uh, uh, transparency from the, the committee. You don't necessarily fully right. understand, but you kind of you're, you're peeking into what they're thinking. So I want to see how it looks right. next week, especially with a couple of these losses. Like I said, with Purdue, did you have Virginia losing to Virginia Tech just recently? Um, Xavier right. lost to uh, 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 who was it that Xavier lost to recently? Um, God, well, Xavier they lost to Georgetown. It was Georgetown. They did. Yeah. Oh, whoa. And and, and Villanova. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know, you know, Georgetown has been looking real shaky all, all this year, even though they got a fantastic record in the MEAC. It, it just happens to be, you know, they, they get in conference and they start to struggle. But you know, they, they struggled against um, Georgetown. Providence was beaten up on uh, on Villanova before I called you. So anything can happen and everything is wide open. The, the way that certain teams play, like you would expect the likes of Duke, to be a three-point shooting team, they've converted because of the talent that they have, and they're playing in the middle. You got uh, Carolina shooting a ton of threes. So it's it's just you don't know what could happen over the next couple of weeks. And unless you get, you know, unless you get, get a little bit more consistency between now and the end of the, 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 the conference tournaments, we really won't know who's going to stick where. And it's a possibility that at least four of these teams that have been named in this top 16 now might not be in it when the actual tournament seedings come in March. Well, I'll say this. It's it's hard. It's kind of hard to say who's the best team. I mean, because you know, yeah. to me, the, 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 the best teams are like a three-team race, Villanova, Virginia, and Purdue. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was thinking, I was putting all my eggs in the middle of the basket, even though they lost to St. John's last week, because I guess two of the guys were were, were injured, not playing. Mm-hmm. But then they go, then they do, but then they turn around and lose to Providence tonight. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. I mean, because Villanova on paper has to go out play to play with anybody. Okay, they have a very experienced backcourt. You need experienced backcourts to win in the NCAA tournament. You want to go far exactly. Purdue. They could beat you outside and inside. They got players on, on the backcourt, and they're big as hell down low. They got that seven-foot white dude. The, well, they got two seven-foot white dudes who is very skilled, put the ball on the floor, as well as they, if they get in that post, man, it's, it's, it's over. It's curtains. But, again, they lost a tight game. Well, they lost two tight games, actually, to Ohio mm-hmm. State and to Michigan State on the road. But yeah. then you have Virginia – even though they could lock you down and wear you down a la Alabama in football, they can't score with a day. If they if they can't shoot, man, it's gonna be thirty to forty some point game. But I mean like thirty forty to thirty five with the final score of their games, but but they did play well against Miami. They played well mm-hmm. on the road at Duke. You can't count U V A L. If they if they if Cal Guy and company are hitting the shots while still playing that Southland D, it's very tough to beat UVA. It, UVA is a very tough out. So, But you know what? I'm, That's I the thing about UVA that I like. I don't know who the hell is the best team right now. What is that? Exactly. But that's the thing with UVA that I like is at least UVA, they have a consistent identity. 
You know, I bring that up uh, yeah. often on this show in terms of sports. What is your team's identity? Right. Normally has an identity, like I said earlier, that's shifted. Carolina usually has an identity that's shifted. UVA, their identity is tough defense and low-scoring ball, and it's been like that for at least almost four or five years now. And I know and yep. expect that to be Cavalier ball, and it's gotten them here. So right. I, I expect that from them. The thing is, like you said, if it's a cold night for them, it's going to be problematic. And they're going to have to figure out mm-hmm. a way to be able to win games when they're shooting uh, uh, poorly. So it, it, it's something that, that they're going to have to do. So, like I said before, man, we'll, we'll have to see over the next couple of weeks what happens because it's, it's still a toss-up. It really is. Yep. That's what it is. So, but it makes it exciting. It makes it yeah. very exciting. I mean, this is this is so wide open. I mean, because there's no dominant team. Again, it's like a three-team horse race for who's the best team in the NCAA. I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, hell, you could make a case for Duke if they can play defense. Yeah. Um, you can make a case for Xavier. You can make a case for UC University mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, you can make a case with North Carolina if they're playing defense as well. Michigan State, I mean, they're always good in March most of the time. So yeah, that's again. This but again, I like what the NCAA tournament, the NCAA selection committee is doing with releasing their like top sixteen seeds, like on a weekly basis, up like leading through March Madness, the, the conference tournaments and everything. That's mm-hmm. very ingenious. And and, and 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 so that's that's very very slick of them, and so props to prop A. It's the big committee selection committee is getting it right, making things exciting. So so it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Now in the long run, it doesn't mean anything, but like I said before, it gives you an idea of what they're thinking. And one team we really didn't talk about much. Surprise mm-hmm. surprise, Auburn. Who yes, knew? Playing tonight. Auburn has knew. been one of those surprise teams coming in at, at at number ten in the nation right now. Surprise, surprise, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the SEC tournament with the likes of Auburn um, or John. I'm going to say the wrong team. John, who, who else in the SEC right now is in the top fifteen? They, they, I think they have like at least four or five, well, four teams. In the top twenty-five um, right now. Well, actually, let me pull up the rankings. I'm glad you brought, brought, brought that up because I know UK Kentucky fell out. So yeah, Tennessee. Um, what the hell is? They in the first and twenty-one. Uh-huh. And teams, my bad. Tennessee, I forgot about Tennessee. Tennessee's eighteen. So you got yeah, Auburn at ten. Uh-huh. Tennessee at 18. Yeah. And uh, Texas A&M at 21. Texas A&M, that's right. That's it. So, three. So, <laughs> that'll be an interesting conference to watch as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, who who would have thought that this is the year that the teams, like, if you said Auburn and Kentucky, which team will struggle? Nine out of ten people would say Auburn. Right Auburn, now, yeah. Auburn is the one. It's the by far the best way, the best team in, in the SEC. 
They're a great surprise story, and it's due to the coaching of Bruce Pearl. The man could coach. Mm-hmm. The man could flout coach. I know he got some trouble at, at Tennessee with I mean, some, really some BS, really, in terms of, like, not contacting the players and all that. And he lied to the NCAA, NCAA on top of that. And he, in Tennessee, they didn't want to, but they had to fire him. But he was winning at Tennessee, a football school. And he's won at Auburn, another football school. The man can coach. Now, I don't know what's going to come out of this FBI probe with paying players because his assistants were implicated into it, in, in it among others. But yeah. the man can coach. The man can flat out coach his ass off. And it's going to be fun come March Madness just to see him in the, in, in the, in the conference tournament as well as the NCAA tournament. So we're going to keep on Auburn for the rest of the season. But uh, that should be making exciting. Hey, man, thanks a lot for joining me, man. It's fun. Oh, no diggity. Let's do it next week. You got Will it. do. Peace out. Hey. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on the Yard Slash HBC Sports. We about all things HBC Sports. As well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night here on Baltimore Radio. Thank you all for tuning in to the Scott Brooks with the Client Hour. Signing off. 06. Good night.